Heavenly Father, we're so thankful to be in your presence once again tonight. Lord, that we don't need to struggle, Lord, for it's by grace, Lord, that we're saved through faith, O God. Nothing that we had to do, Lord, but you chose us. And Lord, by faith we accept that, Lord, and believe it, Lord, with all our hearts tonight. Lord, would you just come down just sweetly now in the service, Lord, not knowing what you choose to do, Lord, but we just submit to your will tonight. Lord, that you would have your way in each and every area of our lives, Lord, and just speak, Lord, we pray. That's all we desire tonight is, Lord, just a word from you, Lord, it would just mean everything to us. May you bless the service we committed into your hands tonight, in Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. Well, good evening. Thank you. It's good to be here, back home. Not necessarily in this capacity, but hopefully it's a blessing tonight. I told the brothers in the study, I said just a couple low, a few loaves and a few fishes tonight. Amen. But then the response is, well, it only takes the Lord to multiply that. So that's what we pray tonight. The Lord would just multiply it. A couple of fishes and a handful of loaves tonight to your soul, and you can leave refreshed. Amen. Amen. Uh, let's turn into uh, Psalms 62. And we'll start at verse 5. Just a little thought tonight, just on an absolute access. And we'll just hopefully the, we can kind of bring it, bring it through into something that will feed your heart tonight. I mean, we'll read in Psalm 62, verse 5. My soul wait, thou only upon God, for my expectation is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. Amen. In God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength, and my refuge is in God. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Well, I do bring greetings back from Dallas. We did have a wonderful time just before we start. It was a... it was a weekend of first. That's what we coined. I coined the phrase. It was a weekend of first for uh, for a lot of things, and so we were just trying to get through. Sometimes firsts are very nerve-wracking, but uh, as I told the congregation, I said firsts can also be very uh, precious, and you can remember certain things that were your first time. And uh, so we were thankful for the opportunity. We had such a wonderful time with the McGeerys and the church there, and just uh, thankful that the Lord brought us through that. And we're here once again. Amen. Brother Branham said, he said, the Christian faith is based solidly upon rest. Amen. He said, Christian, a Christian is not tossed about, doesn't run from place to place, doesn't fuss and fume and worry about things. A Christian rests. Amen. And when you're resting, we're not moved. I shall not be moved. Amen. We're just in rest. As Brother Tom spoke this morning, a refuge. Amen. He's a rock. But to be at rest, there's got to be something that you're resting in. You know, we have to have something that you're confident in, that you're willing to put your all in all in, that it can be restful for you. If it's not restful, if it's not something you can rest in, well, you're not going not gonna to be too thrilled with that. You're going to get antsy. You're going to get all concerned, right? 
Something to keep you from being tossed about or moved about. Something unchanging, something certain, unquestionable and boundless. Something supreme and ultimate and infinite. Something undiluted, unadulterated, something perfect, pure and positive. Something definite, complete, unrestricted, unrestrained. Something unconditional, ultimate, infallible, unmodified, undivided. Something undoubted. All these are synonyms of absolute. Different forms of absolute. Some powerful words. My last one I had was undoubted. I mean, it's, an absolute is infallible, undivided. Amen. And without absolutes, we'd be in quite the, uh, we'd be in quite the mess. Amen. If you read in, in the uh, message, the absolute, Brother Branham talks about a couple. He talks about red lights. He said, if we didn't have a red light, we'd have a problem. Red light's an absolute for us, right? Who's been in a traffic jam? Yeah. I've been in a traffic jam. I won't say where. It was some other place other than Canada. And it was the ultimate worst thing I've ever experienced on the road. And it was like multi-lanes of cars all coming four ways, all trying to get through each other without a light. And just imagine you're all honking and honking and everybody's just trying to inch their way through somehow through the cars. We're talking multi-lane, multi-roads. Okay? Havoc. Because we didn't have a red light. Right? An absolute. It holds us there. Right? You stop and you go. It's just pretty simple, right? An absolute. He talked about umpires. What if we didn't have an umpire in a baseball game? We've all, well, not we've all, but we've all probably been to a game of some sort where there was a referee there. I mean, just specifically an umpire. If he called a ball and you're pretty upset, you think that was a strike. And if there was no umpire there, what would happen? There'd be a lot of yelling, probably from yourselves too. And we get that already. That's a ball! That's a strike! And the umpire's like, it's a strike! And everybody has to sit with that, don't they? You know, it's, it is what it is. He's the absolute of the game. Right? When you have a, even when the, the uh, coach gets going and he gets upset, right? You, I've been to a game where a coach, he gets upset, and the ref is just like, you sit down or get out, and he throws his little card up or whatever, red card you in soccer. Right? He's the ref. He's the absolute. Don't mess with the ref in a game. Any sports players would know that. Right? They get thrown out. There's an absolute in marriage. It's not the pretty looks. Not the nice hair. Right? All that fades. Unfortunately, though, we're missing a lot of that in the world today, but the absolute's love. That's your absolute. Right? In a marriage. You better love each other. That should be the start. That should be all the way back at the beginning. That should, that's where it began, right? John and Victoria? Amen. <laughs> Not to put you on the spot. But it's an absolute. Man, just going through a couple absolutes for you. You know, I'm, not the, I'm telling myself, I'm not the best at directions, okay? In the city. My dad just said, nope. <laughs> in the city. I have, I, I, um, outside in the wilderness or hiking or something like that, I don't have a problem. Even underwater, scuba diving, I don't have a problem. Okay? So up above and down below. But somewhere in the middle, <laughs> somewhere in the city, I missed something there. So I have a real precious wife. He helps me out there on the directions. But in directions, if uh, you are out in the, let's just say the wilderness, if such, and you are lost, you would want a compass. That would be your absolute. Otherwise, you're just in the middle of nowhere. 
if you don't know, you know which side the moss grows on a tree and you don't know any of those things, let's just say you're completely helpless, you would really want a compass, but you'd also need to know how it works. But that compass would be your absolute in how to get out of the, out of the, uh, the forest, would it not? Yeah. Amen. Don't tell anybody that about my direction issues. And the ocean, I was thinking of the ocean, and being on the open ocean, I've, if all the, the water around you, and you're sitting there in the middle of the wide open sea, and you're a ship, and we'll just go back to the days before they had all these fandangled equipment, but they used the stars, right? The North Star, that was, that was the way that they took their direction and their course. That was an absolute for them. That star didn't move. All the other stars moved, but the North Star, it didn't move. And so they could point themselves to that. And I can't imagine being on the ocean not knowing that and seeing just wide, wide open water and have no clue of how to get anywhere. What a helpless feeling. Couldn't but help but think of today, how many boats, everybody's little boats of life, are just on a really large open sea but just have nowhere to go or even know how to get there. Amen. Just... They don't have a North Star, right? don't have a North Star. They don't have an absolute to give them that needed direction. And when you have an absolute, there's rest. Because you can rest in that. If you were that little boat in the ocean and you knew, how to get your, you knew where the North Star was, sorry, do you know where the North Star is? You guys would have a hard time in the ocean. You'd rely on a GPS. But uh, if that broke down, you need to know where the star is. And you'd rest in that. But contrary, we have a lot of unrest. There's no rest today. Wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes, hurricanes, fires, mudslides, political unrest. I won't mention how and why. We've got Me Too campaigns that are causing just so much, so many issues and all that goes on with that. It's a lot of unrest. And nobody has an absolute. And actually, we have, there's, whether you know it or not, there's about 50 plus wars going on right now, killing as low as many as tens all the way into the thousands that happen right now on this, on this planet. Casualties happening right this month. But we don't think about that. We just, see, we just see media and the news, but a lot of unrest in our world today. And unfortunately, man is lacking an absolute. But Abraham says, he said, uh, everyone has their own absolute. He said, oh my, he said, it's just like it was in the days of Judges when every man did what was right in their own eyes. He says, now, you know, he goes, do you know the reason they did that in the Judges? He says, this might shock you a little bit. He says, the reason they did it in Judges is because they had no prophet in them days for the word of the Lord come to, for the word of the Lord to come to, and so every man just could do what he wanted in his own sight. Hmm. You know, right, he was preaching that right in front of them. But Laodicea is so far gone, they didn't even recognize it, nor do they still recognize it. For the most part, in this age, unfortunately, they didn't see a prophet that could point them to an absolute and to bring them back on course. In their own eyes. Yeah, what's right for me? That's all that matters. It's my way. And I thought about that my way, you know, the age of rights and Laodicea and what I can do, and it's, it's just my own way of thinking, you know, so you can have your own way of thinking, and we all, like Brother Bram said, have our own absolutes. And I thought of my way, and of course, I don't know how many would know, but 
I Did It My Way is a song that was sung many years ago and probably before some of our time, before my time for that, for that matter. But, you know, the words were odd to me. It says, and now the end is near, and so I face the final curtain. My friend, I'll say it clear, and I'll state my case, of which I'm certain. I've lived a life that's full. I've traveled each and every highway, but more, much more than this, I did it my way. How sad that they'd come to the end and face the final curtain and still be bold enough to say, I did it my way. We've seen so many people tossed about in the last, these last times doing it their own way. But when the storms strike, their way doesn't work. It's my way right then, right up until there's something that's going awry and their life starts going away in a direction and my way falls apart. My way fell apart not too long ago when we had a, uh, United States had a scare with their little missile alert. And one of the people, one of the gentlemen that quoted, he said, in moments of the alert, people flocked to shelters, crowding highways, scenes of terror and helplessness. But up to that point, it was my way. He said, I was running through all the scenarios in my head, this gentleman, he says, but there was nowhere to go, nowhere to pull over. Another fellow said, everyone is panicking. Everyone's running around. What do we do? My way was insufficient. Right at that point, it didn't matter. They didn't have an absolute to turn to that could they have rest in. And their, their way didn't make, didn't make it. You know, I find it interesting. Again, disaster strikes, people start to pray. They immediately turn, they've got to pray. Right? Sickness, they, something happens in their life. Sickness comes and then they start to pray. Suddenly they turn to God at that moment. It's too late at that moment in many cases. Amen? There's only one way. Amen? To the absolute. And that's our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. At some part, everything falls apart. One tie post, one absolute, one truth. Amen. Jesus said, I am the way, His way, the truth, and the light. Amen. Amen. Martha, she caught that. She caught who her absolute was. Jesus said to her, I'm the resurrection and the life. Amen. He that believeth on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And she caught that. She said, that's my absolute right there. Amen. She had a need. She had a need, but she wasn't her way. Amen. She knew who her absolute was. And she, said, she said, yea, Lord, I believe. Amen. She said, if you were just here, you know, my brother would have risen. But she knew. She, she held on to that still. Amen. She held on. I mentioned it in, in Dallas. How that... If he hadn't called out Lazarus' name, all resurrection would have, would have happened right there. But he said, Lazarus, come forth. Amen. The absolute was on the scene. Amen. It's all over. It's all finished for the believer, Brother Bram said, at Calvary. Amen. That's our absolute. He said, oh, sickness comes, disappointments, but the Christian is at rest. Amen. Amen. Knowing this, that God is able to keep that which he has performed, knowing that no matter what the thing is or how it looks, there's neither sickness, sorrow, death, neither starvation or anything that can separate us from the love of God. Amen? Amen. That's, that's the absolute, is Christ. Amen. I was just, I'm so struck. It, for me, I told him the first at, uh, at Dallas, I said, you know, this is the first young people's service. I said the first, if I could have my first, I would first point you to Christ. That would be my first. As a young people's service, my first service 
I'm going to point you to Christ. And man, that's our absolute tonight. And I was just so struck with the work of Calvary and what God did for us, the sacrifice he did so that you can actually have a rest. You can have a way of escape. You can have something that's undoubted. Amen. Unfortunately, today, so much doubt, so much unrest, because they don't have an absolute. But Abraham says, now our faith can rest upon nothing. A Christian, sorry, a Christian has to have, has faith, faith has to have a solid resting place. Okay? So to have faith, you have, it has to rest on something, something solid, something secure. Amen? The only resting place for a true born-again Christian can rest his faith or hers is upon the unmovable Word of God. Amen. That's the absolute amen that we're wanting to build on. We all know the story. Don't build on sinking sand or a foundation that is sandy. Amen. But a firm foundation, which is Christ Jesus, our Lord. I just am so amazed at why people just don't desire to put their trust in something so incredible. Incredible to me that God would pour himself down into humanity all so that he could have fellowship, all so that he could save us. What am I? What are you? That he would die for. Amen. And we illustrated a little bit to the, to the ones back in Dallas just what he took for us on that road to Calvary as he went through the pain and the suffering and, and such for our sins. Oh, that I could just put my trust in that. Amen. Our faith anchored in that. Amen. His word is true and everlasting. Amen. Judas put his absolute in 30 pieces of silver. And where did it take him? Amen. Rich young ruler, he put his absolute in his possessions. And we know that took him right into hell, wishing that he could have time back, wishing to Lazarus to put a little bit of water or so on his lips. Amen. But his disciples, so many of them put their absolute in the king of kings that was walking with them day by day. Amen. He said, follow me. Richard Ruler didn't do that. His disciples did. Amen. They put their absolute in who was walking amongst them, recognizing who he was. Amen. The Lord, our North Star, as we were just talking about. You know, maybe the, the North Star might be the old way. We've got so many new ways now to figure out directions. We got our GPSs and our phones and all that, trying to replace maybe the way, the true way. And now we've got a lot of different ideas, a lot of new, new age thinking and all this kind of thing, but the North Star still remains. Amen. Our North Star still remains. Amen. Amen. Our faith, our faith looks forward, doesn't look back. Amen. Faith doesn't look back. So there's no question. It's by faith, not a mental understanding. So what a trap Satan has set for fact and reason and to prove this and to prove that and trying to completely wear away at just simple faith. Nobody wants to believe anymore. All right? we, don't, we just don't want to, if I can't understand it, if I can't know exactly how it works, I can't believe it. That's our day and age. Is that the truth? And it's harder and harder for somebody just to say, I believe that. I believe it. Unequivocally, I believe it. And if you don't unequivocally believe, then you're shaken. 
Because at some point, something's going to shake you off, right? You say, well, I, I kind of believe it, I kind of believe it. But Abraham says, as long as you're tied up with a bunch of believers that don't believe these things, you'll never be able to. He says, you just won't, you'll be as blind as a bat, he said, to cut yourself away from everything. If it's mother, father, sister, brother, denomination, whatever it is, he said, he that won't forsake his own or come after me, it's not even worthy to be called mine. He wants focus. He wants someone to 100% put their trust in him. Amen? That's what he's looking for. He's not looking for, like he continues to say, he that's on the plow and looks back isn't worthy to plow. Man, we think of Lot's wife. Brother Branham said she was an overcomer. She started, but she looked back. Man, she didn't have full faith. And what the angels had told her, obviously. You know, she didn't quite, she wasn't totally committed because there was something back there that she wanted to actually still long for. Amen? You have to put everything into your faith. Everything into the absolute. Everything. Amen? And once that happens, once that anchor sinks in, you're not going nowhere. Right? The storm could come. Amen? Sickness could come. Death could come. Sorrow could come. It will come. But if your faith is sunk deep into your revelation of who Jesus Christ is, amen, you will not be moved. Amen. That's what's most important. Sink that faith deep in the rock, and it's finished. You have an absolute, you have rest. Amen. Born again Christian is tied to Christ. Amen. And the Bible is his anchor. Amen. That's, what we're, that's the thing we're tied to. He said, let organizations and let different things, let science, let educators, anything you want. As long as the word says it and promise it, we are tied. Amen. No matter what anybody says, that's what God said. We're fed to that Christ-centered life. Amen. That's the most important, our Christ-centered life. Amen. That's our absolute. Amen. Our North Star. He says, notice, real faith rests upon the solid rock, a promise of God's word. It doesn't shift. Real faith anchored. Amen. The world is shifting. The stars around us shift. One star does not. If you're not pointed at the right star, if you're not tied to the right thing, if you just look back in time, look where marriage has shifted. Well, at one time, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it was unheard of to be divorced. Now it, it, it's, it will actually blow your mind. It's not just okay to be divorced. You wouldn't even believe what's going on. How about just homosexuality? Not too long ago, that was again unheard of. So it just keeps shifting. And if you're, if you're centered on that, your whole viewpoint's going to shift as well. And you're just become tolerant because you're moving with the shifting stars of here. Amen? There's only one star to stay on. Stay on course. It's this. It's the Word. Amen? It's Christ. Amen? That's what we keep our eyes on. It'll point to nothing else, other isms, Christianity mixed up, and he goes, whatever it may be, it's like the world's shifting. It changes those stars, but Abraham said, but it can't change the North Star. Neither can anything change the Word of God. Anchor to it. Amen? Stay with it. Young people, it might seem... It's not that complicated. It maybe it seems too simple. But that's where the anchor needs to be. Amen. I've hid thy word in my heart, Lord, that I sin not against you. I bind them upon my fingers, upon my bedpost, that thou art always before me. I shall not be moved. Amen. There were those that had their an absolute and they had their tie post. And one that it's not hard to think about is Job. 
and what Job went through. Job had great substance. He had 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 oxen, and 500 donkeys. And in one day, it was all destroyed. If you read Job 1, I could go to it for you. While he was yet speaking, there came also another, okay? Your children are gone. Your camels are gone. This is while he was yet speaking, the next one came. All in moments. Everything Job had was gone. And none of us have actually sustained probably that level of, of a trial, to my knowledge here. And to, on top of that, Satan threw boils on him from his head to his souls. Okay, this was Job. And here he was told to curse God and die. Right, this looked like the end for him. And his wife told him to curse God and die. And then chided and is by his counselors. I'm always amazed at Job's response. He says, Naked came I out of my mother's womb. Naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave. The Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Incredible. Without an absolute. There's no way you have that response. There's no way. Nor charge God foolishly. Amen. He knew... The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. And the comfort is starting to press him. Job, you sinned. They told him, you had to have done something. God wouldn't do this. You're just. Job knew he had done what was required. And when you've done what is required, nothing will shake you. When you've anchored your faith in the cross of Calvary, nothing can shake you. You know you've done what's required. He said, Lord, I opened my heart. I gave my heart to you. Amen? I've repented. Amen? I've accepted the sacrifice of Calvary. Blood has covered me. I'm saved. That's your tie post. Nothing will shake you, even when Satan unleashes all his devices. Here's Job. He writes, Oh, that my words were now written. Oh, that they were printed in a book. Little did he know. We'd be talking about it how many years later. Amen? He goes another one. He says, That they were graven with an iron pen and lead in rock forever. Incredible. And we'll know, you didn't know those lines probably, but the next lines you'll know for sure. For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon earth. And though my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh I will see God. He had an absolute. Amen? Job knew exactly what he was anchored to. His ship was rocking like none other boat we probably see on the open seas, and he didn't move. Amen? He didn't move. Amen. I know my Redeemer liveth. Hey, he saw the absolute that would conquer death, hell, and the grave. But Ram said he saw a vision of his Redeemer. Amen? Conquering death, hell, and the grave. The sin taken away from death. He said he feared death up until that point. But when he saw that, he said, it's all over. Amen? His anchor, his absolute, came through. It wasn't an, it wasn't an anchor sitting there and his tug, 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 and then poof, and poof, off he goes. It wasn't that way. Amen? He probably had the most pressure on his little anchor chain than he's ever had before. But it didn't, didn't let go. Amen? My Redeemer liveth. Amen. Took all that fear away. Job knew that he'd done Jehovah's bidding. And he had faith in what he'd done. Because Jehovah required it. 
Amen. We can do just that. Jehovah required a burnt offering for his sin, and Job, not only for himself, but for his children, had made a burnt offering, and that's all God required. You might, but Abraham says, and you might say, oh, I wish that's all that's required today. I just need to do a burnt offering. He said, it's less than that. He said, it's just faith in his word. Isn't that incredible? You could go through everything that Job did, and Brother Brown said it's less than what he had to do to get through all he went through. It's less. All it takes is faith in his word. I find that incredible. Amen? And if you make his word your absolute, you can. Any divine promise in the Bible, you can tie your soul to it. No matter how much the waves whip you around, you're still tied to your absolute. Amen. God gave him double. After that, 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 oxen, 1,000 donkeys, and all his children restored. Amen. God's a debtor to no man. Amen. Amen. You, you'll, you'll, prove, you'll get proven. But God pours back. Amen. I'm always amazed at Abraham. Because for 25 years he held onto a promise. We can just say that. And we're all message believers. And we've heard probably Abraham hundreds of times. I probably have. Hundreds of times in my life. Okay. But can you, I don't know if anybody has really recognized 25 years is a good chunk of my life. Okay, and he held on to a promise for 25 years without wavering. That's incredible. Only because he knew who gave him the promise. And he could anchor to that. Amen? It, wasn't, it didn't matter if it was 100 years. He knew it would come to pass. Amen? 25 years, I'll make you a great nation. And it took that long for that to manifest. And then on top of that, the Lord asked him to kill him. Incredible faith in a few words that God spoke to him. Amen? He didn't have all of this. He didn't have, and I don't have it because I use my iPad, but Dad usually comes up with a stack. He didn't have the whole message either. He just had a few words that we can read back in Genesis and it held him. That held him for 25 years. You might have something on your heart, and you're maybe six months in. It might be 25 years, but do you have the faith? Is your faith anchored enough that you could hold on to that for 25 years and say, Lord, I trust in you. Amen? That's what your faith, that's how deep it has to go. If it's not that deep in the anchor, you're going to be pulled out. It's going to pull out, and you're going to go floating away. Amen? You need to be anchored deep. And the only thing that's solid, and that's what Abraham had Offer up your son, son Isaac as a burnt offering. But I so enjoy the scripture. But I and the lad will go worship and come again to you. It didn't matter to him. It really didn't matter to him because he had an absolute. And he was ready. He was ready to go all the way with whatever God had told him. Because he knew somehow my God will come on the scene. Amen. And that's the same for all of us. Somehow. Just trust in him. Somehow he'll be on the scene because he honors and respects the faith that you have in him. We'll jump up in time. We all know the story of Horatio Spafford. Who knows the story? Yeah, a few of you. Amen. We, all of you should because we did it for a skid. If Horatio Spafford, you'd think he would be more like a current day Job. Invested property in Chicago in 1871 in the Great Fire. It was reduced to ashes and he lost all of it, which was one of his sizable investments. Not too long after that, he, his son, his four-year-old son, was killed with scarlet fever. Two years later, 1873, Spafford decided his family should take a holiday and they were going to go see a friend, D.L. Moody, speak in England. 
in the fall, and he was delayed, so he sent his family ahead and his wife and their four daughters. Eleven-year-old, nine-year-old, a five-year-old, and a two-year-old. A few days later, while crossing the Atlantic Ocean, their ship struck an iron-sailing vessel, and 226 people lost their lives, including all four of Spafford's daughters. Only his wife survived the tragedy. And she sent him a note back that said, Saved alone. That's an incredible thing to go through in a span of a couple of years, just like we went through with Job. But what's incredible with that is that he took a continuing voyage to cross and meet his wife. And according to his, uh, one of the daughters born after the tragedy, as they were passing that area, he wrote a song that we all know. When peace like a river attendeth my way. Amen. When sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well. You can't tell me there's an absolute he had there. To be able to say, it is well with my soul. Amen? Sorrows like sea billows, he had an anchor far deeper. Amen? Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control. It is well. Amen? What a rest he had, a peace, that he could write a song through inspiration. It is well with my soul. Why? Because he had such an anchor in his faith in what he believed in our Lord Jesus. Amen. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. But Abraham says, you are my absolute. I'll go down there. He says, you'll pull me out. I go into the deep waters my, with my ship. You're, you're my anchor. He said, Amen. You're behind the veil there. He said, You're behind the veil there. You're the one who will steer me through the storm. You're the one who will be with me, my anchor in glory. Amen. When I come down in the shadows of the valley, when I come down to Jordan, when I cross the river, He's my absolute. Amen. When you're anchored in something, when you're trusting in something like our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the only absolute, it'll hold you through trials like this. What is, what is our absolute? What is your absolute? Man, in this day and age, I'm just, I'm so always drawn and so thankful for a message that vindicates that this absolute is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And man, a lot of people have the Bible. A lot of people read the Bible for many, many years, and they have different variations of the Bible. But what makes it different that we can stand here and be so confident that we know exactly what we have our faith in? What makes that difference? I'm going to tell you, the vindicated message that came, we heard this morning, that can take this and unveil it before us and give us an opportunity to see that's exactly what it means. What if, it's like a compass, you don't even know how to, how to use it. And the message came and could give you all the instructions. What, you could be looking at, what, what is serpent seed? I, have no, I don't even know what that means. You wouldn't have known that if a message didn't come and actually open that up. They've been reading this Bible for a long time, but they didn't have those. They didn't have that to give you a confidence that this was true, that this is anchorable. Amen? With that absolute, with that anchor, You've truly actually got a, your faith anchored in the Word of God. It gives you access. It gives you access to something. 
Hebrews 10, 19, 20, 19 to 22. It says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the, holiest of hol- into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. And I was just praying. This is just really where I, where I wanted to come tonight. It's just simple. But I was praying as I was just looking to the Lord. I said, Lord, it, you are my absolute. And I've anchored my heart, I've anchored my soul in what I've believed all my life. But I desired more. I desire more. Amen. I desire to have an, an, a, just a greater walk. And with that, if you have your heart, if your absolute is set, you've tied your heart to Christ, your tie post is the cross. Scripture says, having therefore, brother, boldness to enter into the holiest of holies by the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus isn't covering you. You don't have boldness to enter into the holiest of holies. Amen. Jesus, Brother Branham says, when Jesus died at Calvary, he ripped the veil from top to bottom. Took in not only high priests, but to everyone that comes approaching God as the right to the holiest of holies. Amen. God ripped the veil from top to bottom. Proving that it wasn't man that was doing that. God ripped it from top to bottom. Amen. It was God. It was forbidden. Access to the holiest of holies. It was forbidden. You died if you went in there uninvited. If you weren't prepared, like Aaron, and only once a year. Imagine only being able to go into that only once a year. You could only go into that presence once a year. That's it. In your spiritual life, you could only actually have a sweet communion with Jesus Christ once a year. You say, I just, that's what it was. They could only enter into the holiest of holies once a year. Aaron and only one person. Aaron went in. Congregation watched him. He was dressed right. He had to be anointed right. He had to walk right. Blessed be the Lord, he says. Dressed right. Walked right. Anointed right. He had a bell and pomegranate on his garment and he walked and they played holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. Amen. He was walking right. Amen. He dressed right. He had the little bells on his, on his robes. Amen. He was anointed with oil. Holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. Amen? Holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. If he didn't walk in right, he was dead. That's just what it was. Amen? If he didn't have the blood, he was dead. That's why they had the bells. So they could know if there was no more movement, he was dead. Serious. It was serious going into the presence of the Almighty. He had taken before him a charger of blood, the blood of the Lamb, the blood of the atonement, and he was anointed with the rose of Sharon, anointing and running off his beard, plumbed down to the hems of his skirt, and he was walking into the inner court in the presence of God. When he went behind there, the veil fell behind him, and he was shut out, hid from the outer world. And that was just my desire. Even the song, and I do want it sung tonight, I've asked for it to be sung, but... It was a hiding place. That curtain could fall behind you and everything is shut out. There's nothing to bother you. Nothing else is on your mind if you could just get into the presence of God. Amen? Hid from the things of this world. You don't hear them no more. But Abraham said it's soundproof. Amen? The distractions. Everything that's going on in the world, it's soundproof in the presence of the Almighty. The world's going on outside. They're grasping. They're looking. But you're inside in the presence of 
of the eternal everlasting God. Amen. Eating from manna. And Brother Branham talks about it. He talks about the outer court. He talks about people eating manna every day. They'd come, they'd eat manna, but then what happened to the manna at night? It's stale, exactly, and the worm's in it, right? He talks to people, they're, having, they're, they're believing, and they, they eat, and they refresh themselves, but then it's, he says it's a campground starved, right. is what he calls it. As they come, they have an experience, they eat some manna, then they, they leave church. It's not the everlasting manna that was in the presence of the Almighty. Amen? They're just in the outer court. Go, come to church on the weekend. Eat a little bit of manna. Oh, already, Monday, Tuesday already. They're back out. They're back down. He says they're campground starved because they're just taking for that day. But he says if you can eat from the manna that will last pans of hundreds of years, it never contaminated, never, never did it give out. Amen. I was just, I'm just so struck. So let the curtain fall behind me. Amen. As the song is sung, placing me within the inner veil. I said, Lord, that's where I want to be. I want to be in the inner chamber. I want to be in the inner veil. I don't want to be on a whole, I don't want to be in the outer court experience. I don't want to just be taken service by service. That won't hold you. Because then you're down again. And you need to get somehow some more manna. Amen. But the doors. He says, no wonder. He says, 12 o'clock, 9 o'clock, late, anything. He's living in the presence of the king. Amen. No wonder every day is fine for him. He knows where he's at. Amen. He's found the secret place. He's went Behind the veil. The doors closed behind him. He don't see nothing from the, of the world. Them doors, he goes, were made again soundproof by sheepskin and goatskin. Amen. He said it's made soundproof by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. that hides a man in Christ. And there he becomes a new creature. Where peace and rest prevail. You know, it's not a... We can put that a thousand years ago. Or multiple thousands of years ago. I'm going to say that's just a... A tradition that they did in Israel. That's you know something that they gave they had through the law. But it's not just a ritual. It's not something that we can read in the scripture. It's something that can be your own experience. Something that I'm I desire to be my own, my own personal experience. So Lord, just shut me out. Shut me out. I just don't want to go a day-to-day experience with just manna and then it, then it comes worms again. and then come to, that's, not, that's not what you want. Nobody wants an up-and-down life. I hear it every time at camp. I just don't want an up-and-down life. You know, today I'm this, tomorrow I'm that. Or, uh, am I the only one that's ever heard that? No. But it's incredible. There's an opportunity not to have that. Amen? He said just press in. To the holiest of holies. Because we have access to it. Amen. There was a point in time where there was no access to that. Amen. Why not take full advantage of it? Why not take the benefits of Calvary? And say, Lord, I'm just, I don't want, just want manna every weekend. I want it every day. Amen. I don't want to go up and down. I don't want to be tossed about. I want my anchor to hold no matter what. Amen. Brother Branham said, get in the inner veil where the, these howls... Uh, how's the world? He said, that in the last days there would come a famine upon the earth, not for bread and water alone, but for hearing the true word of God. And people would go from east to west and everywhere trying to find it. He said, the hour has come. And man, they're trying to find it. Trying to find something. They don't have a compass. They don't have a north star. They don't have access. They don't have an absolute that can settle all the desires of their heart. 
And here we are sitting today. We have access to all of that. Amen. We're not lost. We have a North Star. Amen. He is guiding us. And we have access to the inner, inner veil, behind the inner veil. When you, get out of the, when you went into the inner court, something happened to Aaron's rod. Amen. Aaron's rod went in. They took Aaron's rod in there. What was it? It was an almond stick. Dead stick. Amen. But in one night, in a moment, in his presence, amen, it budded, blossomed, and yielded almonds. Amen. Much fruit, Brother Michael. Amen. In one night, amen, we sang the song, it only takes a moment, one moment in the presence of the holiest of holies, one moment in the Shekinah presence, yields fruit in one moment. Amen. The Rebbe said, take a dead sinner, alienated from God without hope, without Christ. Put him in the presence of God, in, his, in this great, glorious tabernacle. In there he will yield forth fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Amen. The dead rod budded. For it budded, it had to be refreshed. Amen. It was in the presence, and it had to be refreshed. Amen. In the inner veil. And every Christian that comes the same way, when he comes in the presence of God, first, he has to be refreshed. Amen. That's what I want. I want that for my life. I would want that for your life. Amen? But before you can have that, you need to have an absolute. Amen? Before you can have access to that, you need to have the blood on your doorposts. Man, he couldn't walk in with no blood. He couldn't walk in without a sacrifice. Amen? He had to have blood on his heart. You have to have blood on your heart. Amen? An absolute, a Calvary that can save you and give you access to the to the Shekinah presence. Amen. I would like that song sung actually right now if they would like to come. Because it's just so, it just means so much to me. I just want you to hear it. And hear the words of it. So that you can, I want you to close your eyes when listening to this song. And just imagine you saying, Lord, I just want the curtain to fall behind me. Amen. Placing me within the inner veil. I'll, just, I'll read the words while they get prepared. Where the Lord is my soul companion. Amen. In his presence, peace and rest prevail. There's a lot of unrest. There's a lot of no peace. That's where you can obtain it. There's no need for the voice of another. There's no need for a comforting hand. You don't need another friend when you have this friend. In his strong arms of love, I'm enfolded, hidden from the world and its demands. Amen. Where my soul can receive a refreshing. When the world outside has grown pale, here in silence, the bread is broken. Amen. The word is broken. He gives you the manna. Amen. He, here, he, in quiet, himself, he reveals. All alone in the light of his presence, my life in communion, he seals. Amen. Just close your eyes while you, when you listen to this song. And the, I just kept telling the Lord in prayer, Lord, let the curtain fall. Yeah. Let the curtain fall behind me. Mm-hmm. Amen. I, I want my anchor. I want my life. I have that absolute. It's anchored deep, but I want the curtain to fall behind me. I don't want the outer court. I want the holiest of holies. Amen. Go ahead and let's just listen to the song. 
just to feel the presence of the song to close your eyes and say Lord that's my longing maybe you don't have an absolute maybe you don't maybe right now you don't know that you actually have an anchor maybe you're on the other side and you say Lord I want the curtain to fall behind me we could all be in different stages of our Christian walk maybe just beginning saying my ship's boat is rocking My anchor isn't holding, it's in the sand, and it's dragging.
But I do want that. Yeah. I want that. I want past even the outer court. I don't even want a Sunday. I just want, I want beyond that. Yeah. It's available. Yeah. Amen. Face to face with my friend and my Savior. He wants fellowship with you. He wants fellowship with you. Incredible. That the God of heaven, who filled all time and space, would just desire fellowship. To be face to face with you and me. But it's inside. It's in the quiet place. It's when you have something anchored. You have the blood atoned. And you can walk in and say, Lord, through the blood of Jesus Christ, I approach you. I want communion with you. Amen. And you can bow your heads. And just pray. I don't know your experience. I don't know where your where your desires are. Maybe you're going through what you feel is storms and what Job went through or Spafford and the billows are rolling, but you couldn't say you couldn't say it as well. Maybe you couldn't say it as well. But he's here tonight to give you the opportunity to say, Lord. I want to be able to say when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, it is well with my soul. Maybe you just want another experience. Maybe you want a filling. Maybe you want that veil to just drop behind you. Say, Lord, I really want more communion with you. I want you to be my sole companion. Everything's grown pale and outside is just a ton of voices and distractions but I, I just want the silence where you can break the bread and reveal yourself to me I've prayed the prayer many times Lord just reveal yourself to me I want more this is just in your heart raise your hand whichever you choose but this is just before the Lord you, he's here to meet the need and he can just walk by your pew. And just one touch. Meet everything you desire tonight. Heavenly Father, maybe a bit of a chopped up unorthodox service. But you know my heart tonight. I desire, Lord, that you would just come meet the needs of your people. That we would move past just coming to church week in and week out. And desire, Lord, the curtain, the Shekinah presence to just wrap us. Lord, can just move amongst the people. May the sweetness of your presence, Lord, just drop amongst us tonight. Each quietly in their way, Lord, just speak to you face to face. Lord, you could break the bread. Fill the hungry heart, Lord. Feed the need tonight, we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Let's just sing that.
That's probably my favorite chorus right there. Favorite chorus. Say, so, well, maybe unusual meeting. Always meet. All our meetings are unusual. But somehow there's something special when you know the curtain's falling down. And we all know that. That have had a walk with God. You prayed and you prayed. It just seems that one time is special. And all of a sudden you know that curtain's gone. Nothing. You don't hear the blender going. You don't hear the cars passing. You're just locked in with God. And that's a very special moment. And your soul cries out for more of those kind of times. And some don't, maybe have not experienced that. It's for you. It's for you. So you can hear it from an older man of 60. Now you hear it from a younger man of 30. And you can hear it. And go on and maybe it doesn't mean anything to you. 